0: Welcome to the first episode. Glad you could make it. I'm your host, Darius Chadwick. I prefer to go by Antihero. And this is the Awesome Sauce Podcast. about doing that intro five or six different ways over the past week and I kept deleting it and I kept doing it again and again and again and suffice to say that I just came up with the simplest answer and freestyled it and it was the best so here we are this is a mostly anime and manga podcast so let's start there i've recently caught up on the new season of fire force the first two episodes that are out um my source of course is crunchyroll i don't know where everyone else gets it my friends personally pirated off different anime sites they send me links all the time trying to save me money but you know my eight or nine bucks is pretty much worth it for the anime i want and the quality i want it it even has a little message up top that says, you know, some new cast for my for anti-hero or something like that. It's nice, you know, not having to rely on buffer speed that severely like I would on some random site like uh, Watch Cartoon or whatever. But yeah, I've been catching up on Fire Force like I've said previously already, and I really, really like the direction they're going with sticking true to the manga. They even had all of the ridiculous outfits that the lieutenant wore in his, uh, examples, and the first episode that reintroduced the characters all being badass with the, uh, light behind them and the blue glow of their firefighter outfit. That is, That was fucking dope, (laughs) I'm kind of upset that Shinra didn't get to be super extra with his rapid man kick move, because everyone had a move, you know, everyone who was a combatant got a named attack, so... It wasn't that special, but, you know, if you've seen season one, or at least read the manga, you know all the trials and tribulations that he's been through in order to get that far to have a named attack. You know, training with Benimaru, meeting his little brother again, and just joining the Fire Force in general. Um, On another side note, I have re-watched the... Isekai slime as I like to call it, or that time I got reincarnated as a slime, which would be its official title, and I've started reading the manga from chapter 12 on. I'm only on, like, chapter 14, so I'm I'm way further in the anime, but as I understand it, like most things like this, the uh, the manga leaves a lot in that the anime just decides to yank out for the sake of pace. And, as a comic book artist and writer myself, I understand taking things out to have a certain pace going, or maybe this part drags on, or maybe this part is unnecessary to the story or just completely uninteresting and there's no need to animate it. I get that, but as a writer, I also get the other perspective of, please don't chop up my baby just to suit your needs, you know, I want to see the complete masterpiece as it was supposed to be written and I know there's a web novel and a light uh, novel as well that uh, the light novel is supposed to be the real real story and each of the other two or three if you count the anime are just an adaptation of such and you know there's that's not very uh, abnormal in the industry a lot of things start off as either a web novel or a light novel first and get a manga or anime adaptation. So it's not really a surprise there. It's just that, like most things, they chop and screw a lot of things around so that it suits their needs and they get to animate on time. You know, as, as someone on both sides, I don't like that. You know, I would rather put in the extra effort to have my story exactly the way I wrote it but, I understand pacing. I understand the necessary need for pacing. Uh, speaking on characters in Slime Sky, uh, Ranga, best boy, I don't give a fuck what you say, uh, Benimaru, second best boy, your opinion is invalid, uh, and then best girl. Um, I kind of don't have really a best girl, they're not all too standy out ish I would just have to say, um, no, not Shion, because that's, that's usually everyone's choice, Shion or Shauna, the princess, but I'm I'm thinking, um, I don't remember her name, and it's it's really messed up, because two hours before I started recording this, I just got done watching the last episode, I have not started the OVA, by the way, but, um, and I can't remember her name for the life of me, but it's Gabaru's sister, the lizard man's... Sister, the chief of security for the lizardmen. I can't remember her name for the life of me, and I'm uh, I, I want to look it up for a second, so I'm I'm going to uh look it up in just a moment. All right. After looking it up, I just learned that her name is Soka. and I'm kind of ashamed at myself because a couple of weeks ago I just got done watching Avatar, and that is very, very close to Sokka. You know, it's just a U sound and take out an extra K, and there you go, it's a girl's name, boom, <laughs> so kind of shame on me for forgetting such an easy name to remember, but she's not that much of a memorable character to be honest, I like her character design, that's what makes her best girl, for me at least, she's the cutest, to me, your opinion is valid on best girl, but not best boy, because uh, best boys is the coolest, and I will always go for the coolest character over the cutest character. Speaking of cool things, Mugen Train, the movie to Demon Slayer, is rapidly approaching as its release date has been set as, I think I remember, August 18th. Give me just a moment to look that up. Alright, after some quick googling, I've learned that I had the month correct, but I had the date wrong. I was two days late, so... That's shame on me again. October 16th will be the official release date for Mugen Train in Japanese theaters, and I cannot wait to see some very crappy bootleg of it, because I know I said I like quality earlier in the podcast, but that is something that is so highly anticipated, I can spare shaky hands and heads popping up in front of the screen. I just really hope whoever puts the subtitles on it does a good job. Uh, Tanjiro and friends, Sister Nezuko included, are continuing their mission of trying to find a cure for Nezuko, amongst other things, of killing the top demon in the world. They have found themselves on a train during a mission. I don't remember the exact details. It's. I watched uh, Demon Slayer as it was coming out, so it's been a couple months since, you know, I've watched it, and I'd much, much much needed and much needed of a refresher course so I will be doing that sometime before October definitely but um, the artwork is just stunning all of the attacks from Zenitsu's lightning blade to Tanjiro's water wheels Nezuko's blood art at the end, sorry spoilers, was absolutely fucking fantastic and even though he doesn't have any real cool effects Inusuke is best boy, we know it, you know it I know it. Let's just agree and move along. To the world of video games. Uh, I think the Master Chief Collection just spat out Halo 3 yesterday or a couple days ago. I'm very excited for this because Halo 3 was one of my jumping on points to gaming in general. I went back of course and beat Halo 1 and 2, but Halo 3 was when I was introduced really, really to video games. Of course, like everyone plays video games when they're a kid, you know, six, seven. But when they actually get into it, there's always an entry point. And Halo 3 was my entry point. There's also my entry point to first-person shooters. I'd had some experience before with the uh, 64, with a uh, Golden Eye fantabulous game, but I I was fucking terrible at it, I, I always got my head shot off, it didn't matter if I had the golden gun or any sort of body armor, it didn't matter if I even knew the map, I just, I always got shot in the face, always two in the chest, one in the face, and the one in the chest usually came after the one in the face, just insult to injury. But Halo 3, that is where I started to shine, and then Halo Reach and Halo 4, those, those were good? But Halo 3, mm, complete and total masterpiece, Italian kiss and everything. Uh, I'm excited to finally play through the entire story of Master Chief, of course, minus Halo 4. Um, I have the Master Chief Collection on Steam, and I haven't played any of the story. I've only been playing multiplayer with my friends because I want to rapid fire go through the campaign. Because, maybe, just maybe, I'd have the inspiration to talk about it here, or at least with my friends, and you guys don't get to hear that, that's personal t- Also in the world of video games, I just beat the very old Telltale game, Batman The Telltale Series. The first one, not the second one, Enemy Within. I've already bought two, and I'm installing it on my computer as I record, actually, so by the time you're listening to this, I'll probably already have it done. Uh, About the story for number one, it was actually really good I did not expect it to be that good of course telltale has been shitting out bomb after bomb after bomb and just completely destroying the market that they have a little vice grip on after their blunder a couple years ago of being bankrupt um They've finally come back, and before they went bankrupt, Batman was one of their gems. I never got to experience it until now, and with the Steam Summer Sale being past us, that was my opportunity to buy it. Uh... Let's see about the story, um, the villain, of course, you can't have a Batman game without a very compelling villain, and while, spoiler alert, the Joker is in it, he is not the main villain. He is actually a plot device, and thinking the way they used him, he is very much going to be important to the enemy within, but the villain, called Lady Arkham, once, I already said spoiler alert, so I'm not gonna say it twice, I'm not gonna inform you twice from here on out, if I say it once, just assume anything I say beyond that, you don't wanna hear if you haven't already played or beaten what I'm talking about, is Vicky Vale, the news reporter, and apparently, I didn't know this about her character, I'm a very big Batman fan, go Bob Kane, woo, um, that Vicky Vale was originally Vicky Arkham, I don't know if that is main continuity or just for this game, but that little twist blew me the fuck away, because knowing Vicki Vale as the reporter, as a character from playing the Arkham games and in the comics, and even some of the cartoons and animated movies, she's a pretty trustworthy person in those, so for her to just flipped the script on you, and I was a, a dumbass being trusting to her, because, you know, she's Vicki Vale, she's the news reporter, seeker of justice, damn near Superman with tits. So, I thought she would do the right thing, and... I'm trusting her as Bruce Wayne, I'm trusting her as Batman, I'm giving her all this inside info, BOOM! Leader of the bad guys out of buttfuck nowhere, damn! I'm surprised I gave her everything, just, it was frustrating. I I, I let out a giant, WHAT?! And my neighbors knocked on the wall, I I happen to live in an apartment, so, (laughs) it was very loud and very shocking to learn that she was not the person who I thought she was all this time. Telltale did a very good job of also going through the motions of Harvey Dent's transformation into Two-Face. And from the looks of it, it's still not over. From my personal playthrough, Harvey ended up in Arkham, and I think he may or may not have escaped during the game. His suit got messed up along the way, half down the middle, Ha ha! but not his face, so, thinking that, there's, he's going to be in the enemy within as well. Uh, Selena Kyle was also in the game as both herself and Catwoman, and she ended up finding out who I was, straight from the jump, meeting each other in our civilian costumes. We already tangled as the Bat and the Cat. And then, as soon as I met her, she figured out from the three scratch marks on my jaw that she left, that I was Batman. I mean, who the fuck else is going to have those exact claw marks on their face in that exact same spot? And if I remember correct, she also had a scar that Batman had given her that previous night. So they immediately figured out who each other was, and that was like five minutes into chapter one. So, you can only imagine the sexual tension and fun they had along the way, knowing who each other was, and jumping in and out of costume as they needed. That was that was a very good romp. Uh, Alfred was there, Commissioner Gordon was there, and Carmine Falcone was there. Any other characters were not very memorable to me at least Uh, or they were side characters and didn't have that much to say so you know of course they're not going to be memorable i think i've already listed all the main main characters that either don't uh die or just aren't really that important um i've recently started playing remnant on steam and it's a souls-like game that focuses primarily on uh, shooting, first-person shooting, and role-playing. I like it. It's very different from other Souls games I've played. I've played uh, Dark Souls 1 and 2, I haven't played 3, I've played uh, Bloodborne, and I've played Sekiro. Beaten, none of them. I am very bad at the Souls genre. I, I don't like the concept of dying somewhat with intent. That leaves a pretty bad taste in my mouth, honestly. So that that genre's just, you know, it's it's not really for me. I it, it's 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 for other people. They enjoy it, but I, I really don't. Um. Before the Steam Summer Sale started, I had bought Titanfall 2, because EA has started putting games on Steam. And I played Titanfall 1, fantastic game, didn't have a story. I have yet to go through the story of Titanfall 2, because I'm more of a multiplayer with friends kind of guy. So the gameplay is great, I love Ronin, he's my favorite Titan, I love dashing up to people and cutting them in half great, I love uh, nuclear ejecting the titan, I love uh, using my titan killing weapon on foot. Anything else is, it's fun, it's all a fun game, honestly, but those are my favorites about the game, those are what I love about Titanfall 2 the most. Uh, I've already talked about anime and manga, I've already talked about video games for today's show. Um, I'm going to take a side note and talk about D&D Dungeons & Dragons the old game from the 60s, arguably late 60s early 70s. I don't know. I wasn't born then (laughs) Um, I've started in our little year of 2020 quarantine version uh, playing D&D as a DM It's uh, honestly my first time playing D&D period, I've been always interested in the game, but could never find the group uh, to to thrust me into the Forgotten Realms. So I decided upon my roommate buying me a starter kit for my birthday, just take it upon myself to be the DM since I couldn't find a DM in real life. And, I have to say, as someone who wanted to start out as a player, it's fun. But that could only be because I'm also a very good storyteller, not to, not really trying to brag when I say very good. I'd only say that in the sense that, to my peers and the people around me, I appear to be very good. Not that they're bad, dot, 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 you know, <laughs> so I'm, I'm resourceful, I'm creative, it's not hard thinking up things on the fly, or planning things days, or maybe weeks in advance, I'm currently trying to create an entire homebrew campaign, that's not even the campaign we're currently playing, we're currently playing the, um. what the hell is it called, Dragon of Spire Peak Adventure, my party, is at level four, and they've just started the intermediary quests. They've cleared all the beginner quests. It's a party of five. I have a elf wizard, a human fighter, a half orc monk, a halfling bard, and a halfling knight. Er I'm sorry, Paladin. I'm like I said, first campaign. Uh and then for two NPC sidekicks, I have a halfling Fuck, I forgot what Nib is, Wizard, yes, she's a, she's a pre-generated sidekick from the box, from the adventure game itself, or box set itself, and then I made an NPC who is a guide to, he is my proxy character, I play kind of through him when I'm not being impartial god judge. You know, he, he's the character I mostly talk through, he's the guide, he's the one who's provided the players with a stable home and a headquarters for their adventuring party. Um, I look very much forward to them defeating Cryovane and progressing further into the next adventure book that I have planned for them. Um, being a DM who really, really wants to be a player. I think the term is called Forever DM. It's frustrating when, uh... I don't get to have those NPC characters present. And so... I don't get to speak through them. So, I don't get to voice my opinion. Me being a very opinionated person, I know I'm supposed to be impartial. I'm just supposed to give them consequences to their actions. But... That seems cruel to me, and my style of DMing is more of like putting myself into it. Yes, it's their party, but it's my story. It's our story. We we have to work together in order for everyone not to die. I don't want there was a time where they all almost died at level three because they got swarmed by orcs and ogres due to a mistake the bard had made. I don't want them to die at level 3 and just to make new characters because our session 0 lasted about a week, a solid week of building characters. I don't want to have to do that again, that was tedious as shit. And I don't want to have to, you know, make it like a video game where they have some sort of checkpoint. Where we bounce back to and say, okay, that didn't happen, let's try again. Because that's lame, it's a role-playing game, and it's, it's theater of the mind. You can't really fool theater of the mind by thinking something else. You're always going to be thinking of what happened first. You know, you can't just automatically have new circumstances when you have foreknowledge. It's very hard to do. So that's, that's another reason, besides being opinionated, why I I play through a proxy character. Um, I think that's where I'll end today's show. I don't really have a show format. I was thinking on having guest stars and, you know, more things to talk about. This is the first episode, and I'm the entire production team. I'm not tired or anything. I just think this is a good ending point. I've been talking for about 25 minutes straight with... Maybe a minute for intro song. Speaking of intro song, the outro song might have already started playing, so I will already say my farewell. I'm very much open to Q&A. You can hit me up on social medias that I should have in the description of today's episode. If not, I'll have it in the show description on Spotify. Uh, TTFN, tata for now, see you later, Gombawa. Uh, and thanks for listening. Once again, I'm Antihero, and you just listened to the first episode of... The Awesome Sauce Podcast.